0: content warning for a discussion of gun violence and substance use. Hello and welcome back to the Billy Shears Club. On the last part, we talked about toxicity by System of a Down. And now it's time to talk about 10,000 Gex by 100 Gex. So Gex is a duo comprised of uh, Dylan Brady and Laura Lez. Uh, Dylan is more the producer of the, when they work together. Laura is the singer, but they also do both. They met at a party in St. Louis in about 2012, and then both got into making music around 2015. And it was extremely online, Uh, to the point of like much like Kiana and I did in the summer of 2022, when Laura was living in St. Louis and Dylan was living in LA. They would like email files back and forth to each other. So like, uh, they got their breakthrough around 2019 when they a few things happened. First, the, they were part of the Minecraft Fire Festival, which was basically this concert that was held on a Minecraft server and was very big for the meme kids. Uh, then they released their first full-length album. They had released an EP before, but their first album as Duo 1000 Gex, which became sort of a meme hit of, the, of 2019, with a fan base divided between... Excuse me sort of ironic people who liked it and was like oh this is so weird and out there and abrasive this is such a meme bro and then people who actually like it and then people who heard and was like oh this is terrible and then they told all their friends about how terrible it was and then they became sort of a byword for bad music for about 2019 2020 and then in august 2019 they they ended up hitting the jackpot for a little bit because Spotify started their hyperpop playlist and that brought about a lot more focus on sort of this little micro genre of which 100 Gex is probably one of the more accessible ones to not have a previous career in regular pop music, like uh, Rebecca Black and Charlie XEX have both migrated into it later on. And I'm stealing a lot of this from Eric and Gary, so shout out to them for having been on the podcast before. <laughs> uh, but they were like one of the sort of founding, quote-unquote, original hyper-poppers. And they had pretty... They, sort of capitalized on that, but not really. Uh, Obviously, with the lockdowns from COVID-19, Hyperpop stayed pretty popular on the TikToks as everyone was scrolling through. Uh, They ended up, whatchamacallit, uh, they released a remix album called 1000 Gecks and the Tree of Friends that had a bunch of features, like, uh, whatchamacallit, Injury Reserve, Charlie XCX, Dorian Electra, H.E. Cook, Rico Nasty, and Fall Out Boy. Also, I forgot to mention, in 2019, they ended up opening for Brockhampton on some touring dates. Uh, Dylan Brady kept producing for people. Laurel dropped the song Haunted, which was a decently viral TikTok song. And they got a major label deal. And then at the beginning of 2023, they finally released this album that we'll talk about today. 10,000 gecks, which was supported with a tour in North America and Europe, except they got burnt out and said, actually, we're not going to go to Europe. And so that's sort of the story. And what you think of the geckos?
1: I. There were a lot of things I appreciated. There were some things I... that didn't, weren't really my vibe. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. um... <laughs> that's,
0: that's a reasonable reaction.
1: <laughs> you know just yeah that, that's how that went um i think overall my overall impression like to me they kind of get like i guess i'd have to sit down and really think like what are the differences between like noise pop and like hyper pop because like i think of like noise pop i think of like crown on the ground you know like sleigh bells type stuff that's really my only like entry point into that genre so i noticed there were like similarities in like sounds, not just in, like, volume, but just in, like, sounds and, like, vocal delivery, how the vocals is very rare that they're, like, clear. They're usually, like, going through some sort of, like, mechanical, technological interference, uh, which is interesting. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not sure as far as noise pop, because I'm not familiar with that specific genre. Uh, as far as what makes hyperpop pop, it's usually, like, a mishmash of genres. I think I had to find it when we did the hyperpop full out episode. It's like taking a bunch of the more upbeat genres from about 1997 to 2011 and putting them all in a blender. And it's very meme focused and tends to be, you know, ironic and su- focused on the superficial side of things and just trying to make things that are very loud but also very catchy and a music way but also intentionally annoying so it's a a weird mix they actually do kind of push back against the intentionally annoying and ironic parts according to an interview i read with that hundred gecks, they said they're not trying to be a meme about it they just honestly really like stuff like and crazy frog and they just want to make the music they want to make which
1: okay okay that makes sense because i there there were i ended up calling it circus ska because um, <laughs> that's, that's like that's because it, it's like a sky because of how they're doing the syncopation but then it's also kind of circusy because of like the tone and the sounds and it's like mm 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 mm-hmm. okay okay uh-huh mm 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 mm-hmm. okay I appreciate like it was fine for me on some songs and then on other songs it wasn't like mm-hmm. what was the song that was like mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There was a song that I didn't quite care for because of the circus ska.
0: Let's see, what was especially circus ska? Uh, The only one that was like full on ska was like I got my tooth removed. that the one?
1: Yes, actually, that is the one. I just hadn't scrolled like far enough in my notes. Uh. I was like, I don't see it. Let me scroll back up. Um. Yeah, that in like. Me me me. Yeah. Or Me me maybe. Nah. Um, me let's me.
0: Let's, how many me me me? me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but oh, yeah. So the, so last, no. the last six minutes were just terrible for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do without that. No, not not <laughs> terrible. Just not for me. Like, okay, so like <laughs> when I got my tooth removed, I like I liked the style at the start. For the last track, it kind of made me think of, I think Butterfly is the last song on the Pinkerton, on Weezer's Pinkerton album. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure Butterfly is like track 10 to 10. So, you know, that one's more like stripped down, acoustic, more like introspective, plaintive, wanting. And I feel like this one started out that way. I feel like the shift is very much 100 gex. Like, I feel like... I'm not saying, like, their brand, because I, I understand that they're not, you know, trying to to be a meme, but it did seem very in line with what I've heard from them. Um, I would have personally appreciated a different musical shift than Circus Sky. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it does also, like, help echo the joy of getting that tooth out, which I interpreted yeah. as, like, whatever's ailing you about society. Um, but, yeah, again, the Circus Sky, it, it was not Mm. wouldn't put it in my grocery cart. God. I
0: don't I don't know. I I personally ended up really liking I got my two three moves mainly because because of that switch because it goes from <laughs> the the weepy ballad to just wonky cow music and it's like maybe it's because I'm just a sucker for horns music, but it's like I I like the abruptness of the switch and just how silly it is i'd go with it it's it's a it's a classic gag it's one that's work that worked for me
1: see and i'm like nah man you're gonna start with angst you better stay angsty don't you have a positive outlook Ooh. on life
0: well it's that's that's the joke the joke is that they make you think it's gonna be angsty but then it's like oh you thought it was a breakup song no it's about
1: having a toothache <laughs> And I'm like, no, the tooth is a metaphor for the issues in society, man. And if we could just dig deep into the root of the tooth, man, we can help heal the nerves of our world, man.
0: Uh, may- maybe it's because, maybe it's because they, we just did some of Down, but yeah, there is that <laughs> part, part of my brain that's like, these guys have to have deeper meanings. But I, I honestly, I think they might've just done this as like a silly gag. Like, mm. let's be real. These guys smoke a lot of weed. They might might just honestly be wanting to be like.
1: (laughs) "Yeah, like, no, this is all we were going for. And it's like, and that's fine. You know, not everything has to be like deep or like a treatise on like, you know, the state of the world. Um, But yeah. So, yeah. So that was, that was, again, so like I could appreciate the shift and I could appreciate the song and its silliness. Yes. But yeah. Just that circus ska. I'm gonna have to make a playlist of circus scar. Maybe if I keep listening, I'll learn to love it.
0: Uh, you don't you don't have to learn to love it. You you can you can you can abstain from the geck.
1: <laughs> you can geck be geck back. after this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Gek kind of sounds like Let's start the sentence. Fantasy "geck" sounds like just dirty enough to not say in mixed company, but also like a pretty decent euphemism. Like I don't know, there's something about the word "geck." I think because it sounds like "geck," which I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm let let the people know. it's kind of funny. Like the name's kind of funny to me, and I can't. I don't really know why, but it, it, it it's, it's kind of dirty. That makes me giggle.
0: So how'd you feel about Me, Me, Me?
1: I liked it a lot, actually. Um, it had a pretty catchy intro, you know. <laughs> um, I kind of like the crashy, the crashiness of all the sounds coming together. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the overall feel of the track. Um, I gotta say, though, it's like the whole album as a whole has, like, grown on me a bit. <laughs> you know, just with uh, further listening. Um, <laughs> so I like the chorus a lot. Um, And I think the context of like listening being a barrier to human connection, like, you know, the refrain is like, you know, you'll never really know, no, 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 no. Anything about me, 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 so it's like, I don't know, I just found it a good track overall. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah.
0: Definitely like it, yeah, that sort of, that this is, yeah, sort of their emotional honesty on this one and them trying to do something that's a little bit, you know, more about how they feel, man. But bring their heart out. All that good stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did, like, again, initially, like, the angsty or the more emotive parts of the song. Well, I guess it's all emotive. So the more, like, you know, yeah, angsty is the best word I can pick up for it. Um, parts of the song were <laughs> a miss for me. Were a miss for me you know i focused on the favorite parts of the song which i think are just like the chorus like the loud noise mm-hmm. um but still it was an interesting like exploration
0: yeah they don't usually get that personal so it was it was nice for them to have something that's more about like the the self doubt and the trying to be you know have friendships and that kind of thing rather than the irony
1: Right. And that's the thing. Like, I imagine in a different context, you know, the song might have struck me differently. Um, mm-hmm. But because, you know, largely the album. Yes, yeah, Circus Go, I'm still going to go with Circus Ga, Um, It's <laughs> sort of similar vibes and tempo. Um, so it's a pretty uh, stark departure, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, everybody has their own thing. Um, but yeah, that's how that struck me. Gotcha.
0: Speaking of striking things, you know what they hit? What they struck really hard—the synthesizer key on one million dollars. What'd you think of? That?
1: <laughs> now that song is something you could like, definitely define as meme music. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I like again. It like again. It's sort of like so. Just like with me, me, me. It's like we have this juxtaposition um, of sounds because you got like the bright, almost automated female voice saying $1 million um, in a way that I think implies that you won something, you know, Um, and then like punk electronic sounds. So like, again, there's not a lot lyrically in the song, but that's kind of nice because if you're, if you're one for world building, there's a lot you could do narratively in your own head, which is a, a nice feature for a song to have. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I
0: I I took it on a much more superficial level personally. I, I do like how you were finding those layers. You were you were putting that English major brain to good use. I I'll unfortunately wait. I unfortunately wasted mine away and I'm just like they put so many sounds and effects on it, because it goes, <laughs> like you say, from like the the Siri voice to the big shiny sense to some sort of like Punk middle guitar, and it just all starts getting all distorted and weird it's a It's a wild little d j set of a ride
1: it's, I like it it's fun, yeah, it is a journey yes Worth journey one million South. dollars hey, oh. <laughs> Ooh, I'll never resist all right <laughs> you know what else people can never resist What's that Doritos and fritos.
0: What if they're gluten intolerant? They dream
1: about... (laughs) Now you're just being cruel to the
0: celiac community.
1: No, there's a longing. They understand their limits, but there's a longing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No (laughs) (laughs) funny. You'll hear from my law But anyway. Yeah. Doritos and Fritos. What'd you think of this one?
1: Like... I'm still not really sure, and I guess that's that's always gonna be my my downfall with this album. I'm still not really sure what the song is about, <laughs> aside from like, I guess feeling overwhelmed with the world or getting older, like getting high. Like I'm not not super sure. Um, which again doesn't have to be. I'm gonna look up the lyrics real quick. Yeah. But overall, just general impressions. I like the bridge, um, and I think the chorus um is fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but again, there's just there was no real narrative for me, which I'm always expecting, I guess in some way or form. So it wasn't one of my favorites from the album.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely on the silly side. Like the the whole thing's built around that Doritos and Fritos rhyme, which is Crib from in the doom on In Food. And it's just sort of it's just them doing sort of like a little funky bass line as they put in as many rhyming words as they possibly can. Like, yeah, it it doesn't really have a larger point that I can find. Like when you when you're lyric, when you have the lyric Cheetos, Doritos, and Fritos, Mosquitoes, I'm eating burritos with Danny DeVito, you're you're being a <laughs> up- <laughs> You're being a little silly. You're 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 getting a little you're getting a little quirky. They are they are on so much marijuana.
1: Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. See, and that's the thing. It's like it it's yeah, it's a silly, quirky song, but I guess I it is it was it. It's the circus Scott That's really what it is. That's the thing that's making me... Cause it's it's a fine song, but I'm like, eh, it's okay. It's silly. <laughs>
0: You, you want depth. You want meaning.
1: Well, like, yes and no. Like, yeah. But also, like, if, I don't know, because, like, I like some silly stuff. I mean, I don't seek it out. But, you know, a silly thing crosses my dash. I like it. Um, But I don't know. I think that's what I'm saying. It's like, why don't I like this more? I'm okay with silly stuff. It's the sky.
0: That blessed sky.
1: I tell you. Bane of my existence, apparently. But yeah, you know, a song that isn't though, that isn't ska is uh, Billy Knows Jamie. Oh, that's, Pretty, pretty that's... not ska.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a new metal song about shooting your friends. And love. well, I, I don't know. Are Billy and Jamie friends?
1: I mean, are any of the people in these songs friends? I know the artists are, I'm just saying. Yeah. Very, very violent influx relationships and in all these.
0: Yeah, for for context for the listener, this is basically, uh, I guess, I don't, I don't know my new metal well enough to make an accurate comparison. It's not it's not quite Limp Biscuit, but it's definitely not Corner Disturbed, or the sad ones. It's one of it's basically them doing a meathead new metal song about how somebody's got a gun, and they're just gonna run around shooting people. It's, you know, a little a little bit quirky and tongue in cheek, but it's also extremely dark and just how flippant they are, and also having Laura Les beg for her life right before the Screamo breakdown. It's a it's a time.
1: It. <laughs> but yeah, I think I like the loudness of the album. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's something that I do appreciate. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. Aside from what you articulated, there's not too much I think I could say more about the song. Um, though I think it's something that they do—you know—they'll give you like a taste of a premise, um, and then it's really more about the the journey of the music. I think that's something that we can hear consistently across the album, um, especially in some in a song like this. Yeah,
0: where it slowly gets more intense and builds up until.
1: Blah. Boom. Well.
0: But you know what was not intense at all? Hmm. Frog on the (laughs) Fleur That song (laughs) was just the chillest thing on this whole album.
1: 100%. 100%. And it was so cute, too. Yeah, Though, I mean, I did I stand by this It gave me Weezer vibes But not yeah. like When I say Weezer vibes I'm talking specifically about songs like Pork and Beans or like If You Want Me To uh-huh. You know, just happy, not beach But like Backyard cookout, at the house Type vibes In a, in a suburb
0: yeah, very, like the very upbeat and relaxed, but sunshiny.
1: Right? Yeah, you know that's that's pretty fair. Yeah,
0: it's got a very lighthearted feel to it with those, with you know just the the jaunty beat and the little electronic croaking.
1: Right, exactly. Right, it's just it's just it's nice. It's cohesive. It's cute. I, again, like in in terms of the sequencing of the album yeah I mean, I'd have to really think about how I do it differently, but just where it was in relation to the other songs before it wasn't a big fan of that, but like as it at as, it, as its own, yeah, I like it.
0: yeah, it's cute it's It's a nice little silly story song about a frog showing up at a party and just being very cool, having a good time and I like that
1: yeah, we should all be like that frog,
0: yeah. Probably don't eat flies. They're they're.
1: <laughs> well, I don't. You know, I don't know. We can eat crickets. I mean, actually, no. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm joking. But like, thinking a little seriously about it for a second. We can eat crickets. Could we not eat flies? Something to consider, listener.
0: I mean, people do eat like larger beetles and cockroaches out there in the world. They eat ants. Lies you see what are, I mean? Flies are a little bit grosser than those, but you know.
1: That's what probably I'm saying. I that's the holdup. It's like, yes, they're gross, but could we not? <laughs> but... <laughs> Something for a Google search later. <laughs> hmm. Something I don't need to Google, though, is hmm. 757. Those are planes. And also <laughs> the name of uh, the second track on the album.
0: Yeah, that is a wonderful segue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: You're killing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. So, what do you think about Seven Fifty Seven?
1: Oh, I love a good electronic intro, right? So mm-hmm. that's something positive about this song. Oh, uh, now I feel harsh. It's just I didn't like this song too much, really. Um, yeah. not not much. Just because the vocals were like reminiscent of like some of the things I'd hear in like middle school. Like the, mm-hmm. oh, I can't even think of the bands, but you know, like the guys with the like kind of longer swoopy hair. Maybe they have a dress shirt and a tie. In any case, the and Lonely the Island didn't really help.
0: Hmm. Lonely Island?
1: No, 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 no. Like, uh... <sighs> I'm trying to think like the guys who did like Love Like Whoa. Like three o three, a little bit. Mm. Um, like not the energy of All American Rejects, but like that's sort of like vocal style. Uh, let's
0: see. I look. I looked up "Love Like Whoa" and that appears to be by someone called the Ready Set.
1: Sounds right. That mm, lit up my brain. Yep, that sounds right.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> we found this. <laughs> Now I've won so so the flashbacks were too much.
1: No, 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 no. It was just a pleasant like ah, yes, that is a thing I used to know. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, so I mean like It's, it's just just sound like it's you can bop along to it, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was just that that sort of like initially Kind of threw me off a little bit, but it's a it's a cool song and I like to sort of, like that's something I think the first track in this song sort of share in like their production uh, of the, like the music itself. Like there's an interesting mix of like electronic and a little bit of punk and a little bit of hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, with like how they syncopate some things. So like I like that as well. Um, but yeah, this is another like just silly song, I think.
0: Yeah, it's definitely... Like, not super lyrical. Like, there's a lot of random <laughs> things getting smoked pat, referenced and such. And there's like random weed references. And for some reason, they keep telling the devil he's a lemon. And I I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Like like the car,
1: lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking just a literal lemon.
0: Yeah.
1: He's he's just a sour fella.
0: I I got I do got to say I like the, I did find the melody catchy. Like it's one of those, you know, very, it keeps going and they keep putting in more words of <speaking> yeah. I like that. And the outro I thought was fun where it's like talking about interior Castation McDonald's and the weed paranoia kicks in with the line, somebody's making money off my problems. I like that one.
1: Yeah, like that's a good line, and like that's what I'm saying. Overall, this is a pleasant song. Like you know, you're out and about. It's a good. I feel like this would be a good song to drive to, actually.
0: Not while smoking weed.
1: Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Shouldn't do that.
0: If you toke, put your brakes to broke.
1: (laughs) Yeah, put that on the bumper sticker.
0: But you know what ain't broke? What? The dumbest girl alive. Man, that segue was terrible. But we're keeping it for the spirit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> broke segue for a broke girl.
0: Yep. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Stupid women. We love them. <laughs> this, this one's a pop punk banger with basically the riff to Crazy Train. Where Laura Liz rants and raves about how she's not particularly bright and kind of hates herself. Which I thought was a. It's a little bit depressing, but I thought it was a fun song. You know, they've got that depressed ener- energy, you know, the just throwing hands up and screaming like Kermit the Frog type style. And, it, you know, it, it hits a nice emotional tone. Like, I'm going to say it, Don't Let's Girl Alive, is, is basically smells like teen spirit for the TikTok generation.
1: I can see that in terms of like, yeah, wow, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, I, okay, yeah. That is an interesting comparison, but I would say that like, yeah, I'd agree. Like, okay, so like, yeah, I'll get into it. So I like, take take like smells like Teen Spirit, right? Like, while well, the lyrics can be contested, it's like that was like seminal grunge, like autonomy, freedom. Like I wasn't born, I'm not a Gen Xer, you know, but like autonomy, freedom, rebellion, you mm-hmm. know, um, self-actualization. You know, like it's covering a lot of stuff, right? In the attempt to in the attempt to like, or in a response to like what you've had to endure growing up, and then like what it takes to like navigate and be like real and an adult in the world, right? <laughs> but like in the newer generations, you know, like I'm a younger millennial, um, but in the newer generations, we see that this like path towards self-exploration is so like fraught with despair in like realism and fatalism and a bit of like, well, you know, nihilids, but who understands that? You know what I mean? And so, it could be so misunderstood and misunderstood. Um, but like, so like when it comes to like, expressions of the self in the coming of age, right? Mm-hmm. The sounds of smell like teen spirit are like, apt for that time. And the sound mm-hmm. of dumbest girl alive, I would say is pretty apt for this time. Because there's a lot of like trauma, you know, um, negative feelings towards self, like trying to navigate that, you know, the general malaise. Not everything's mm-hmm. bad, of course. I'm just saying, like, in terms of like those like darker trends in a population. Mm-hmm. So like, even if you were joking and it was a funny joke, I do think like, yeah, no, you can you can make you can make that mm-hmm. argument.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, like like you say, the coming of age and, like, looking to the face of the society in front of you and, in some ways, looking at yourself as, like, an adolescent and that sort of sense of, you know... I think for both Nirvana and 100 X, there's the combination of the sense of youthful arrogance of, like, you know, we're, we're the cool ones. We're, you know, kicking down the doors. We're making the awesome music we want to make. But there's also the despair of Having a poor self-image and you know, wanting, wishing that you could be you know, this stronger person than you are, and just getting really down on yourself, and you know, may, maybe maybe Laura Lez and Kurt Cobain and uh, Dylan Brady all need to practice some affirmations. Maybe they need to, you know, give themselves a hug.
1: Right. We say as we need to also practice affirmations and give ourselves hugs. <laughs> Everyone, it's something to do. It's it's, it's a good habit. Yeah. Into it. Indeed, but yeah, I did like this track a lot. I mean, classic TXX. Can I did I say that? Yeah, kind of. That's THX. Yeah. Th-x-h. But yeah, that classic intro. Um, Ooh. and again, really kind of sets like not the whole vibe of the album, because again, Circus Car. But <laughs> just just, <laughs> just in terms of like the sort of like ride you're gonna get. I think it's a it's a it's a good like intertextual sort of thing. I'm like you know, um, but yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of it's kind of aggressive, um, which I did as well. Um, and yeah, it's interesting because it's so it's so dang catchy. I like it a lot. And yeah, they stole the riff, but like they put it to good effect. They <laughs> okay. something. I'm not sure it went to good effect, though. Would have been the most wanted person in the United States.
0: Yeah. Not, not a fan?
1: I mean, I like the vibe, and I like the bass, or whatever like their lower sound is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't feel like it really jived with the other songs on the album. Yeah, that's
0: fair. It's it doesn't have as much to stick out like the other ones do, like, like you say with the circus Sky and the big riffs and the screamo. Like a lot of the songs on here have a very clear gimmick, and they've got like you know something that grabs your attention and goes, "Look at me!" And this it, this song just just quite doesn't have that.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like I feel like maybe like taking the either the lyrics or the sounds in a different direction like cuz you know this is like it kind of toes the line between like messed up and like funny
0: yeah.
1: you know so are they leaning more into like i don't know this guy is a, is a is a nut you know this guy is a psycho or like yeah. i don't know I, like a greater uh, juxtaposition between like content and sound i think um, I would have appreciated it on this track
0: yeah you should, would you have liked a circus ska contract
1: <laughs> I think you know if they murder the circus playing ska in the track <laughs> maybe <laughs> <sighs> mm. but yeah so you know it's, it's all right um, it's interesting like I don't know it's two from the end well cause <sighs> yeah I don't know I don't know it's just it's sandwiched like right before it is one million dollars you know <laughs> that punk techno um, automated journey and then right after it is like my, my tooth removed it's like eh. I don't know if I'd have put it somewhere differently on the album I don't know like, again, they made the music they wanted to make. I'm just saying.
0: You could have made the music you wanted to make a little bit better.
1: No, not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> if, if, if you were to retroactively try to cater to my specific tastes on an album and genre I've never really listened to, this is what you should do. <laughs>
0: hey, that's, that's the whole point of the show. Don't tell the listener.
1: <laughs> right, no peeking behind the curtain. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of curtains. Yeah. Hollywood Baby. That's a good
0: song. Because it whines about things that I know I can dislike. Hollywood, you are superficial and use people for making money sometimes.
1: Boo! Yeah, it is a good song. I think it's, a, it's pretty catchy. And I think mm-hmm. it like... Because again, there's like a lot of like, punk elements in this album and I think that this song really like does play into like like how punk tends to engage with and criticize parts of society. Mm -hmm. That's true.
0: Yeah. So it's sort of like now that they're, you know, on the major label it's them sort of railing about how much stress they're going through with, you know, dealing with all the industry, Lingo and people trying to screw you out of your like earnings and all this and it's, you know it's it's very catchy but it's got a very palpable sense of realness to it that I like.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like you can let it overtake you, or you can like learn to take it in a stride and see it for what it is. Mm. Indeed. Yeah, but I think it's the sort of thing that make anybody go crazy.
0: Little tiny Hollywood baby. Hmm. Any other thoughts on the ten thousand geeks
1: I mean, overall, I like the album. Like, I don't want to say that I dislike the album. You know. <laughs> there was just consistent elements. There's just elements I disliked that showed up consistently, right? Mm-hmm. So so there's a distinction. I think uh, overall, I did enjoy the album. You know, there are a, a few tracks that I just enjoyed outright. Um, and I think overall, it, like, it, this is the first thing I've heard from 100 Gex. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if I came across any of their other work, um, I'd give it a listen.
0: I don't know. I, I have a random rant. I don't know how much you want to indulge a random rant, but I have Share one the if rant. you want to hear it. Listen. Okay. All right. So as I was listening to this album, it, I was comparing it a lot to Thousand Gex, and I'm sorry, Eric, but I don't really <laughs> like that album. It's, <laughs> it's one that kind of grates on me, and it has it has random <laughs> it has random computer game music interludes, and It's just too much of a meme. But then as I've listened to this, as I've been comparing them more, it's like, am I missing the point of it? Because, you know, 100 X, you know, they're not supposed to be, you know, conventional music people. They're supposed to be kind of weird out there. So it's like, this is the album where, you know, Laura's gotten more vocal training and she's, you know, not doing as much auto-tune as she was on the previous album. And it's got a lot more, you know, established rock style more conventional structures. Unlike the last one, all of the songs come in at least two minutes over. Because on the first one, there were some really short tracks in there. What when it was already pretty short, and this one is still pretty short. And like, it's not nearly as much of a meme thing. And I don't know. Am I missing the point? Because there, this hasn't really. This album hasn't stuck around as much as uh, Thousand Gigs has. You know. Nothing became a meme the way that Money Machine or Stupid Horse did, which it may just be that I'm not in that sphere anymore, but it's like, if I like this album, does that mean that I, I've, I'm I've, i not enjoying 100 Gex, right? These are the questions that keep me <laughs> the up. The existential Ikeana.
1: crises, they all fall down. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. I got to say, that was the most like even-tempered rant Man, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you
0: you might not want to go straight into hundred gex. It's it's a little bit wackier than this one, so it might be you might want to sure ask Eric about some good hyperpas. Don't <laughs> don't come to me for any more recommendations. And, but, but thank you for hopping in on this unexplored territory. And thank you for listening, O Listener. The albums we listened to were Toxicity by System of a Down and 10,000 Gex by 100 Gex. I'm Caleb Clark.
1: And I'm Keanu Spaz.
0: And thanks for tuning in to the Billy Sears Club.